Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Talking Phillies with Fatty B. I am your host, Matt Bernarchuk. It is Thursday, September 16th, 2021. And welcome and good evening, everybody. It is great to be back. I hope everybody is doing well on this Thursday night. Here in the Delaware Valley and wherever it is you may be listening to me from. It is the end of the week, so that must mean we are getting ready for week two of the National Football League. That is right. As we have been advertising on the pod for the last couple of weeks, this is how we are doing things pretty much for the rest of the football season. We will be coming at you not once, not twice, but yes, three times a week. Between now and hopefully sometime in uh, mid-February. <laughs> That'd be great. Well, I'm based off of last week's game between the Eagles and Falcons. You would think uh, playing until mid-February would be a possibility. But as it is in the NFL, <clears throat> we turn the calendar, we turn the page pretty quickly, and we are on to week number two. That means week number one is in the rear view forever. Until we need to talk about it to make ourselves feel better. <laughs> this week, your Philadelphia Eagles will be opening, will be getting ready to do or perform, or they will be hosting. That is right. The 2021 season opener is upon us. Eagles, Niners at the sold-out Rockin' Lincoln Financial Field here in Philadelphia in the south part of the city of Philadelphia down there on Broad and Patterson, and it should be a monumentous, memorable afternoon. I think win, lose, or draw because of the emotional the emotional baggage that people are going to be bringing to that game. Oh, you know, this is essentially, well, it is. It's the first game that, ever, that this place has been maxed out to capacity or allowed to be maxed out to capacity since that dog of a playoff game back there in – early 2020 remember the Seahawk game yeah the Carson Wentz uh concussion game yeah so that was the last time we were we were ever able to meet as a fan base in mass at Lincoln Financial Field so I believe win lose or draw it is going to be a great day to be at the link I highly encourage you to go I highly encourage you to support your team on Sunday afternoon. Well, I mean, I highly encourage you to support your team every week, but Sunday afternoon at the link should be a blast. And unfortunately, I will not be there. Uh, life has its way of, you know, rearing its ugly head. So I have other things I have to do, but I will be there in spirit as I am every week with this football team. But here tonight, we have an opportunity to do a lot of stuff here on the pod, and it's going to be a busy night for me. We are going to get caught up on the Haps in Philadelphia sports. That is right. We are going to center on two things. We're going to center on the baseball team, and we are going to obviously center on the football team. We're not going to really talk much about the hockey team. I do owe you, though, an in-depth deep dive on the hockey team, and that is in the works, I promise you. Of course, I don't need to mention about the basketball team, and, and you, you already know where I stand with them. I will not speak of them, nor will I talk about them, till that man, 
let's call him number 25, no longer resides with this basketball team. And yes, for those of you who are not aware or been living under a rock or just don't care, he still is a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, I'm not going to say his name. You know who I'm talking about. If you don't rewind some of these podcasts, you'll find out very easily who I'm talking about. But he, as I sit here on September 16th, is still a member of the Philadelphia 76ers. So until he is no longer a member of the Philadelphia 76ers, I will no longer I will not talk about the, ba- the basketball team. And a real oh yeah, and then also we're gonna we're gonna talk NFL. Uh, I'm not gonna really get too in depth um, on the Eagles. Of course, I'll save that for Saturdays with my main man, the official talking Philly sports with Matty B. Eagle pregame show analyst Kyle Quinn will will sit and break down week two in its entirety on Saturday. But I will talk NFL. I will present to you and give you my week two picks. Now, I was horrible in week one. It was really kind of starting out to be a good week for me, but it ended up being bad. I went nine and eight in the first week of the season. So hopefully I can turn that around starting this week. I'm going to give you my picks to include my upset special. That's right. I wonder who it's going to be. I don't know. Big shocker or big spoiler alert. Big secret. And... On the other side of this pod, this is going to be at least a two-parter tonight, everybody. Oscar Apricio, Apricio, that is his name, the host of the Better Rivals podcast. He It is a podcast devoted to everything San Francisco 49er. Oscar is going to be joining me on the other side of this pod, and we're going to talk a little bit about the Niners and about what some challenges that the Eagles might have, or maybe some challenges the Niners might have. I, I I got a few things I like to talk to Oscar. I'm interested to know about this two quarterback system that they're running now with Jimmy G and Trey Lance, and how he feels that the loss of Raheem Mozart might affect the team going forward. You know, one of the things about the San Francisco 49ers last year, ladies and gentlemen, you know, they were a team that was literally one year removed away from going to the Super Bowl, but they were beset with injuries in 2020, more so than the Eagles were. And that's saying something, man. But now, you know, the the calendar might have turned to 2021, but the 49ers are still dealing with a ton, a ton of injuries and are starting to kind of mount up again. As I mentioned, Raheem Mozart is no longer part. Uh, He went down towards ACL. He'll be gone for the entire season. So I want to get in Oscar's head. Talk to him about these injuries. Talk to him about what, how he feels um, th- this may or may not affect the 49ers going forward. So a lot going on here on the pod tonight. Uh, before we start, I do want to send out a very special shout out to my daughter, Kylie. That's right. My daughter, Kylie, is 16 years old today, and I want to wish her a happy birthday. Kylie lives in Ohio with her mom and her two sisters. So, Kylie, baby, if you're listening, I love you. Happy 16th. You are a very unique young lady. Uh, You know, I remember the day you were born. Uh, I'll never forget that. You changed my life forever. You changed your mother's life forever. I want to tell you that I love you and that I'm thinking of you. And I hope you had a happy, happy, happy birthday. Sweet 16. I can't believe I'm the father of a 16-year-old with two 13-year-old daughters as well. So you're growing up and I'm growing old. So... That's the way life is supposed to be, right? But a huge happy birthday to my my baby girl, Kylie, on her 16th birthday. I love you. 
I really hope you had a great day. So moving on now, let's turn our attentions to the Philadelphia Phillies. So as we enter play tonight on the 16th of September, the Phillies find themselves three games out of first place in the National League East and three games out of the final wild card spot in the National League. As we also turn our attentions to tonight, the Phillies are currently in game right now as we speak against the Chicago Cubs, and it is nothing, nothing in the bottom of the second. But what is more interesting to me is that the Phillies are now going on, I would say, maybe their 10th scheduled bullpen day in their rotation. So for those of you who do not know baseball too well, I'll try to explain what a bullpen day is. So the Phillies, due to a poor farm system and poor starting pitching or pitching prospects across the board to include every level of the minor leagues, have no choice but to turn the ball over every fifth day to their bullpen. Now, when I say their bullpen, what do I mean? I mean just that. The relief pitchers, the collection of relief pitchers that reside in the bullpen in, for the Phillies, who whose job is to come in and pitch a couple innings here and there, are now every fifth day being relied upon to carry a game. Now, it's not one guy. It's, it's a conglomeration of probably about five or six of them, depending on how the night goes. But for a team to be involved in such a thing as a routine, as part of their rotation, you know, not a spot start here and there. That happens. It happens all the time. Injuries, you know, guy wakes up not feeling good, got the stomach bug, got it. It happens a lot. But for the Phillies to have to rely on a programmed routine bullpen start every fifth day and to be three games out of first place and three games out of the National League wild card is an indication of a couple of things, ladies and gentlemen. First and foremost, the National League sucks. All right? It, it's, it, it, there's no other way to say it. Second, the National League East sucks. And third, Joe Girardi is a good manager. I said it. I, I've maintained it. I will continue to say it. I don't know. I'm not saying he's made all the right decisions. He hasn't. There's been things. The bullpen has blown 31 saves. They are on their way to tying and setting a major league record. And some of those 31 blown saves are because of Joe Girardi's bad decisions. I do not deny that, nor do I not pretend that is correct. That is true. But for but for you to have a, a team that has to literally rely upon your bullpen every fifth day to take the ball and try to win you a game or try to put you in a position to win a game, and you have an offense so inconsistent and you have a defense so lacking in fundamental knowledge of how to play the game of baseball, to have all those things working against you but still only be three games out of first place and three games out of the league wild card, you know what? I, I can buy the National League sucks, or the National League East sucks. It does. But you're telling me the entire National League sucks? Because that's basically what you're saying. Now, is the National League as good as the American League across the board? No. I Obviously, when you look at the top level of the National League, you're looking at the Dodgers. You're looking at the um, the Giants. You, you know, you're looking at teams like that, the Brewers. 
Now, those teams can compete with the Rays, the White Sox, uh, the Yankees. They can compete with teams like that uh, and the Astros. They can compete with teams like that. But collectively across the board, the American League is just a far better league. And thank God the Phillies reside in the National League. So good luck. As I mentioned uh, this, I think, last week, this team is just not going to go away. They're going to keep us into this for at least the next two or three weeks. It's going to come down to that final, that not the final series, but the series before the final series, the Phillies go to Atlanta. That is more than, like, gonna come, more than likely be the season. The Phillies will probably enter that series about four games out of first place or three games out of first place with an opportunity to be in first place at the end of that series. And just wait. You think you've been frustrated and, and have had heartache about this team up to this point? Just wait to that series. You know, the Phillies fans that have left but have come back and have left and have come back and have left and have come back, those guys are going to probably end up coming back because of the way the schedule is going to break. But just wait. You think you've been frustrated and you've been banging your head so far this year. Just wait to that Brave series. But the Phillies are probably going to keep us into this thing at the very, very end. As I, it, It's a good thing. Uh, watching good baseball or uh, – I don't want to say good baseball because, you know, <laughs> I don't, what am I talking about? Good baseball. Watching baseball, right? Because baseball is ending. But October baseball is on the horizon for the teams that belong there. And I don't feel like the Phillies are one of those teams. So stay tuned for the baseball team. As I mentioned, the hockey team, uh, they are amping it up. They are getting closer to closer to the start of training camp. Players have pretty much reported all, you know, they're all back in Philadelphia. Uh, they're divvying up the numbers. You're starting to get the new vibe about this team, starting to really kind of show itself. Uh, they've just, they've chosen a new goal. Actually, they're they're in a process of choosing a new goal song. So for those of you out there who are interested in throwing their two cents worth into what the Flyers' new goal, score, goal song should be for the 21-22 season, go ahead on the internet and, and throw in your suggestion. I personally want to go back to the uh, – to the old, you know, uh, the old 90s goal songs. I, I just, I don't want to hear techno, you know. I don't I do. I don't want to hear techno when they score a goal. I want to hear some of that old stadium rock. You know what I mean? The Hey song, that kind of thing. That's what I want to hear. So go ahead and throw your, uh, throw your hat in the rink there about the Flyer new goal song for 2021-22. And as I mentioned, I owe you an in-depth, deep dive Flyers podcast very soon and one is in the works i I'm, I'm lining up some people so please stay tuned all right now let's transition to the national football league as mentioned we are on the cusp or on the eve of um week two the uh, game tonight uh, to kick things off for week two is going to be a real barn burner out there in maryland it's going to be the giants and the and the, uh, and the red uh, uh, and the football team so one of these teams is going to come out of this game I guess with a win, uh, they both enter 0-1. They both lost their openers. These two teams are obviously heading in totally two different directions. They both reside in the NFC least. And they both have, and this game has direct ramifications, of course, on the Eagles. Uh, this is a divisional game. So someone's going to come out of here with a double hit and a, and a double win, right? They're going to they're gonna win a game, their first, and they're also going to win a divisional game. And they're also going to win a conference game. So it's the trifecta here tonight for one of these two teams. And with the other side of that being it's, you know, the other opposite of a trifecta for the other one. 
So heading into tonight, well, who do I believe? Well, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna rapid fire this a little bit because obviously, um, you know, don't want to spend too much time talking about this subject. I'm gonna go with the uh, with the football team. I know they they lost a close one against the Chargers last week, and they lost their quarterback, and they are starting a new quarterback and a, and, and a young man who's not not played too much. But the Giants are a dumpster fire. The Giants are just a dumpster fire. They got a head coach who's challenging. Scoring plays, didn't know that the every scoring play is automatically challenged regardless. He's out there trying to challenge a scoring play last week against the Broncos. Uh, you know, Dan Jones is a joke. Saquon Barkley is a great player. He's not going to be a great player in 21. He'll be a great player potentially in 22. You know, he'll, he'll start getting really good again probably towards the end of the season, and it's unfortunate that he probably won't have an offensive – well, he doesn't have an offensive line to run behind now, but – It'll get even worse by the end of the season. So I'm going to go ahead with the football team in this game. Now let's go on to the Bengals and Bears. You know, listen, the Bengals are one of those teams that kind of bit me in the ass last week. Yep, uh, I really I, – I didn't think they'd win, but, you know, I got to give the Bengals credit. Uh, you know, Burrow and, and Jamar Chase looked really good uh, as a tandem. Uh, they fought Tuesday now against Minnesota, forced in overtime, and then went ahead and won that thing in overtime. I think they're going to carry that into this week, too. Um, again, if I, I said the Giants. There's a few teams in the NFL that are dumpster fires. Giants were one of them, and the Bears are another. I'm going with the Bengals, and I think it's a bigger story in this game, whether not the, so much a score, but is Justin Fields going to play in this game? Because we're definitely into that era now where we're going to start looking for Justin Fields. So I like the Bengals in this game. Now let's go to Houston and Cleveland. Houston, a to their credit, they came out and they played their asses off last week, beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. Don't think it's going to – they're not going to ride that wave this week. I think they lose against the Cleveland Browns in their home opener. I like Cleveland. Rams and Indy, hey, listen, you know, this is going to be a story all season. I, 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 I've already said it. I've already, you know, resigned myself into this. We are going to be concerned or we're going to care about Carson Wentz all season. Now, if you heard Carson Wentz's after-game press conference last week against when the Colts lost to the Seahawks, if you shut your eyes, and, well, first of all, if you're an Eagle fan, right, and you shut your eyes and you listen to that press conference, I am telling you, it sounded just like you were magically whisked, whisked away or whisked back to 2020 or 2019 or 2018 because it was the same shit. I got to do better. I gotta make those plays. I gotta watch the tape. Uh, you know, I got. I can't do this. I, I gotta hold on to the football. It is the same thing that this guy talked about in 2018, 2019, and 2020. The only thing that's different, of course, now he's wearing blue instead of green. There's been a lot of questions in the in the cult media this week about the offensive line that played so well in 2020, and then so far. In, through one game did not play so well. Listen, hey, I'm going to give you guys out there a kind of uh, kind of a heads up and a clue. It ain't your offensive line, man. It's your quarterback. All right. So with that all being said, hey, I do wish Carson Wentz to remain in the game. Carson needs to be stay healthy and he needs to stay in the game. Okay. But I like the Rams and this thing going away. Now let's go out to Buffalo. We got Buffalo at Miami. I like Buffalo. You know, um, Miami's coming off of an emotional win against the Patriots. I, and Buffalo's coming off that loss. I like Buffalo in this game. Okay, I really do. Uh, 
Then we got the Pats and the Jets. The Mac Jones era kind of, you know, got off to an interesting start, you know, with the Patriots last week. They, they, they fought hard against the Dolphins, but, you know, couldn't find a way to win it at the end. I think they win it going away. I like the Patriots. Then we got the Raiders against the Steelers. Listen, for those of you who watched that Monday night game, Raiders and Ravens, one of the most bizarre football games I think I've ever watched. A game that really John Gruden, for being as much or as being involved in football and being a Super Bowl you know, winning head coach, he should be ashamed of the way his team played. I know people would be like, well, they battled. Yeah, they battled, but some of the buffoonery in that game, holy God. I mean, the Raiders tried to give that game away many times. And they just couldn't do it because the Ravens wouldn't take it. Lamar Jackson, by the way, is a fraud. He's a hell of an athlete, but he can't play quarterback. Uh, but anyway, I like the uh, I like the Steelers in this game. Then you got the Saints in Carolina. You know the Jameis Winstead, the Jamison Winstead era in New Orleans began with a bang in a thirty-eight-three crushing of the hands of the Packers. I like him again against Carolina. I think Carolina is just I don't know, kind of stuck in the mud a little bit. So I like the Saints in that game. Then we got the uh, Denver Broncos going down to Jacksonville. You know, Denver starts the season with two straight road games, two straight road games on the East Coast, which is an interesting theme I, I've noticed here thus far in the season. But I, I like Denver to go down to Jacksonville. Hey, Irvin Meyer, you know, if it's, if it's possible for a rookie head coach to be on the hot seat, I think he might be on it after week two. I really do. Uh, I like Denver in this game. Then we got Minnesota heading out to the desert against Arizona. I like Arizona in a landslide. Atlanta and Tampa. Yeah, got to go with Tampa there. Uh, Dallas going out to uh, L.A. A huge game uh, for both these teams, really. Dallas can't afford to lose another game. They really can't. Uh, they had, they play their, their asses off against Tampa, but they can't afford to lose this game. I, I think they lose it, though. Uh, I like I like the Chargers. Then you got the... What was that? Then you got... Um, oh, Tennessee at Seattle. Seattle, easy. And then the Sunday night game, KC versus Baltimore. Can't can't go against Mahomes and Andy Reid on this one. I'm going to go with KC. And then our Monday night, which is turning out to be a dog game, Lions at the Packers. You know, Aaron Rodgers. Listen, yeah, I you know, mm, what, what are you going to say? Aaron Rodgers got to figure it out. Aaron Rodgers has got to figure it out. You know. I've never seen Aaron Rodgers play quarterback like I saw him play against the Saints. And he can't do that. Devontae Adams, nothing. And those two individuals directly affected my fantasy league this year or last week. Pull your head out your ass, Aaron. You're going up against a team where really you're going up the first two weeks, Saints and the, and the Lions, two teams you should have beaten. Uh, I'm going to go with Green Bay at home on Monday night. I think the only thing really – enjoyable about watching this game in my opinion is going to be that Peyton and Peyton thing or Peyton Manning and Manning the thing on ESPN two but the two Manning brothers I really enjoyed that you know a lot of people were giving kind of mixed results about it a lot of people thought it was kind of hokey a lot of people said well you know I can't watch a game like that I gotta watch it in a conventional way yeah all valid points but I thought it was pretty funny I like Peyton Manning's personality he he is going to be if he decides a hell of a coach sometimes sometimes someplace somewhere he's gonna be a hell of a coach not a big fan of Eli, never will be. But so that leads me to my upset special. That's right. You have not heard my upset special. And my upset special is can I get a drum roll? 
Well, where's my production? Where's my production staff at? You, know, you guys on break? No, no drum roll. Oh, okay. Anyway, my upset special of the week. I like the Philadelphia Eagles at home, home opener at the link. The 49ers got to come back east a second week in a row. Again, a common theme with a lot of teams out west. I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a back and forth game. I think it's going to be a game that Jalen Hurts does something at the end to kind of pull this out for the Eagles. I like the Eagles in this game. I will give you my score on Saturday when I talk to Kyle, but that is my upset special, the Eagles over the 49ers, and all will be great in the world when the Eagles start the season out 2-0 and flipping o. in anticipation of the Week 3 Monday night game in Dallas. So it's getting hot. It's getting heavy. Football's back. That's all I can say really about that. So listen. Do not go anywhere on the other side of this podcast. Oscar Apricio from the Bitter, Better, excuse me, the Better Rivals podcast. He will be joining me. We are going to be talking 49ers and Eagles, but mainly 49ers. Because, you know, I ain't gonna lie, I don't know much about the 49ers. I live in Philadelphia. You know, I, you know, I see the 49ers, obviously, but I don't know much about them. And, uh, I'm going to pick Oscar's brain. I'm going to get into his head a little bit and find out what the expectations, obviously, well, I think I think we all know what the expectations of the Niners are, but I'm going to get into Oscar's head and have him tell me what, what the expectations of the 49ers are for this season and also talk to him about some of the, you know, the interesting nuances of the 2021 season, like the 49ers starting two games out on the road in Eastern venues. Now they, they played in Detroit last year, which is not East coast, but it ain't, you know, Minnesota. So I want to talk to him about how he feels about that. And a lot of different things, the Jimmy G trade Lance thing and a bunch more. So don't go nowhere. Come right back to part two of this podcast. <laughs> 